With trucker strikes and rising inflation, food shortages are becoming a big, big problem. Don't let yourself get caught unprepared. Buy a food survival kit today from My Patriot Supply and save. Over 2,000 calories a day to keep you healthy and strong with a 25-year shelf life to ensure it's ready for you when the shit hits the fan. Go to www.bit.ly slash cmspnfood, order your supplies today, and invest in yourself and your family now before it's too late. www.bit.ly slash cmspnfood, my patriot supply. Chris Aiken presents and I of course am Chris Aiken and I am bringing you one of my favorite guys he's been on the show before he's um he's the singer sometimes of the Michael Schenker Macaulay Schenker group he is um he's in about a hundred different bands that you've heard or he has been in a hundred bands that you've different that you've definitely heard and he's got this band called Black Swan and I'm fascinated by this band because it's made up of guys that I know, yet it doesn't sound like any of those guys. You know, it has its own unique feel to it. So let's uh, talk about Black Swan. New release called Generation Mind is out April the 8th. And um, the leader of that band, of course, is the vocalist, Mr. Robin McCauley. Robin, how are you, man? Chris, it's good to be back. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm doing good. I'm good. doing great. Generation good. Mind is... Uh, is on YouTube, uh, first single, followed, I think, last week by a second one, uh, Eagles Fly. Sure. And uh, the Generation Mind record album will drop April 8th. Very good. So coming, coming at you very soon. Excellent. Now, now, Robin, just listening to it, like I said, kind of in the warm-up, uh, you know, the the thing that I find most fascinating about you guys is when, when you put a super group together – there's usually a dominant sound, you know, usually it's, well, this sounds like this guy's old band, or this sounds like that. And I listen to this. I don't hear winger. I don't hear Dokken. I don't hear MSG. I don't hear, you know, I don't hear Ace free. I just hear something fresh. It's familiar without sounding dated and like somebody else's band. And that's an accomplishment when you're so well known for, you know, your various projects. So, is that something that you guys kind of worked on purposely or is it something that just sort of formed? Yeah, um, we had a, a, a very early conversation about that right at the top end of uh, Shake the World. Okay. And, and uh, we, we obviously, from everything you mentioned, you know, with, with all our backgrounds, <clears throat> you're always assuming that we're going to get a little piece of somebody and something and a riff from here or there because sure. that's what we do right that's what we do so the leakage spillage there's mm -hmm. all of that sort of stuff and you know there's sometimes we go yeah that riff is a little bit like this or that that melody is a little bit like that oh somebody said you just sounded like klaus minor and i'll go i did <laughs> you know so whether it's conscious subconscious <clears throat> we definitely try to make a very conscious approach to not sounding like all of the above. Sure. And, and so 
when we when we got through shake the world we pretty much accomplished that i think and now we're into generation nine and we i think we definitely uh created a black swan sound sure and, and um <clears throat> we definitely uh, we 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 love working together uh the writing process is just a lot of fun and um writers man i mean red <laughs> B, jeff pilson <laughs> <laughs> kind of an understatement right there. Jeff, of course, is just a great engineer and a great producer, and sure. um, and we're in, in solid, capable hands. And and you know, we we throw the kitchen sink at him, and he throws it right back, and he goes, "Look, <laughs> look at the bath I just made." <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? and, and I think that's we have a we have a huge advantage in in that respect because because I, we work with somebody who's just grabs these sounds and just makes them into thunder. And I, I, I just love it. I just sure. love where it goes. Absolutely. Well, Robin, I, I just want to expand on that a little bit for you personally. I have to imagine that to try to not sound like everything you've done for 30 years or 40 years or, you know, is extremely difficult because what I'm imagining and, and tell me if I'm wrong on this. When you developed your sound, when you developed what is the Robin McCauley sound, that was natural. That was, this is what's coming out of my mouth. I'm a new yeah. singer. I, you know, it just formed. Now you're actually making attempts to not sound like what was natural. I have to imagine that's not as simple as, as you're making it sound. No. I'm going to tell you right now, that's, that's really good. I mean that that observation is almost correct. Okay. Um, almost correct, and I can't quote him exactly correctly. If that's exactly correctly, um, but I remember Jeff when we started recording "Shake the World." Mm -hmm. He said, "Now I'm going to make you sound like you, as opposed to everything that you've done where." There's always a little processing. There's always a little it has to fit this sound because we're in this market and this market and this market and has to sound like this if it's going to radio and so and so and so. And he goes, we're going to hear you. Okay. And I went, and, and I kind of went in a sort of a, 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 a conceited fashion. I went, finally, right? <laughs> right. Um, and Jeff basically lets me be me. And that's okay. actually actually who I am. I can get up there, and of course, um, um, over the years, uh, and I've done enough singing that I started to build on my style, whatever that is, uh, and I start to to find all my little uh, idiosyncrasies in my vocals, where I can go, where I can't go, my abilities, my inabilities, and feeling comfortable in that in that box, like a ping pong box, you know, yeah, sure. like a tennis court, right? And you smack the ball around. And if you're outside the line, you're, you're just, you're just, it's fault. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's what I do. I've built, I've built this box and I've continuously to try and stretch the boundaries of it as much as I am physically able to do. And I work within that. And I know those are my strengths in there. And, and that's really, it's, it's actually how I've always sang. I haven't always been captured okay. in, in the studio singing like that. 
because sure. when I, and I not mean to digress here, but when I went into, um, when I, for years I'd been doing other side projects um, with Brian Tishy and Brent Woods and Chris Slade from ACDC. And they would go, dude, you have the perfect ACDC voice. And I'd end up singing a whole bunch of ACDC songs and people would be going, never heard you do this before. Right. I never put any of that on record because it wasn't what I was doing. Sure. So I have always been um, told, dude, you sound like Rod Stewart because you have that scratchy uh, kind of a vocal that you can turn on or turn off at will. Right. And I used to do tons of like Rod Stewart stuff back in my UK days and had a blast doing it. And I could, I could click that switch if I wanted to because that's what the song, that's what the song asked for. So I've developed the ability to be able to do that. With Black Swan, I can just step up and go. And because I'm writing the lyrics and I'm writing the melodies and I'm going, I'm writing it to suit my ability to perform what I just wrote in that melody. I come to Jeff and we tweak a couple of things and we're good to go. And, sure. and everybody seems to, and as Jeff says, you know, this is why you're in the band because we want what it is that you do. Sure. So what, I don't what know is, is your question, but there it yeah, is. Yeah, it does. No, it does. I, I, what is more freeing to you, Black Swan or the solo stuff? Cause you just did the solo record too. And when I talked to you about that, you had told me sort of that, you know, you tried new things. So, yeah. so do, do you feel like Black Swan is a little more focused of an effort of, it's not as experimental, but it's more, but it still allows you to try different things that you haven't done in the past? It definitely allows me to try different things simply because the music's different for me. Sure. And, and, and because of that major factor, um, when the songs that come in from Jeff and Reb, uh, and they're presented to me, um, I instinctively know that I'm going to treat it a certain way and my vocals are going to sound a certain way for that kind of a treatment. And when I'm working on my own stuff, um, I don't have to think this is Black Swan. I'm thinking, well, this is me. And now I can I can play with other areas of that tennis court I was talking about. Sure. You know? I'm going to play from the net throughout this entire album. I know I'm using these little analogies, but it's the oh. only way I can explain it. Sure. And, and, and I'm going, I can play the more the defensive, offensive, and I'll be right up there slam dunking and all of that sort of stuff. And to me, it's great fun because simply it's your voice. It's, it just moves around. And, and I love the fact that I, I, I have the freedom to do that. And hopefully, I'm, I'm just going to drop another one here. Hopefully, in the not too distant future. I've been working with this wonderful uh, Italian composer, Max Di Carlo. Okay. And Max writes a lot of stuff for Netflix. He writes uh, movie scores, and he wanted somebody with a voice like mine okay. to come in and listen to what he was doing and seeing what would happen. And we've written half a dozen plus songs that are completely different now you're talking about well that's not your style and that's not your style and my answer to that is it's my style for this sure, because okay. now i can wear a different hat i can think differently i structure the whole thing differently to suit the music that's coming at me and that is just that is just a barrel of fun sure because well, 
I mean, a guitar player tries new amps, he tries new pedals, mm -hmm. he tries new sounds for the sole purpose of, I really want to try and get that sound. <laughs> sure. And I think a singer has the has the right and the ability to do the very same thing, to do something that he's never tried before. And that's what I love to do. Sure. Now, what is the end game for that project? Is that is that to put out a release or is that to get picked up by Netflix? Or what well, what, what are you looking for to do? It's a combination, it's a combination of all of the above. Um, okay. Sound bites, sound bites, uh, uh, whether, whether it be for TV series, movies, um, and with the idea also of putting it all on a record. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, and it's just, it's, I'm not sure when it'll be done uh, because we're doing it sort of in the wings because we're really busy. Sure. And when we come together, we get very focused and we go, this, this is just, people are not going to expect this. They're just right. Really expect it. <laughs> and, and, uh, um, it's stuff I don't want to, to, to put a, a, a label on it, but, Sounds that you would, I don't know if you're familiar with the Vikings. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So stuff like that. Wow. It's, it's, it's stuff that just goes the other way into sort of old style, sort of Western movies, that okay. sort of sound. So it moves around a lot. Um, there's even some very dark sort of vampire stuff on there, which is just down, just up my alley. I love that <laughs> stuff. And, and so that's what it is. And I'm going, oh my God, this is probably some of the most fun I've, I've had in, in a long time because it really is sure. a very different hat. Absolutely. Now so anyway, um, it's a long way around the houses to answer your question, but um, it's no, the best way to, to explain it. You know, a guitar player using different, different amplifiers, using different pedals, effects pedals. Sure. Because he wants a different sound, and and I want to play around and, and see what I'm capable or not. Of. Sure, and and I you know the the other the other side of that too, Robin, which I you know is the business side that we don't yeah. always talk about, but in today's world, you almost have to have to look to doing stuff for other things, whether it's movies or TV or video games or oh, yeah. TikTok yeah. or whatever yeah. it would be, just because, because there's so much there's so much out there now. There's, mm -hmm. there's so many different roads that perhaps we just didn't get the opportunity to do before um, or didn't even think about doing before, really, sure. because you're so focused on ooh, on this. Right. And, and you know, of course, there are those. I'm just going to jump the gun. <clears throat> there are those on the sidelines who will go, well, that didn't work for you, so I suppose you better try this. And I'm going, you know, take your negative shit <laughs> and take a hike, you know. Right. And that's just for that's just for those envious people who wish that they had done it and they never did and never right. had a chance because they're just you know, and I have no time for all of that. That's just right. That's just negative thinking. I have just no time for that stuff. Well, and, and how are they gonna come off negative to you? You've had a forty year career singing songs. I mean what's yeah, better yeah. than that? People, people, you know, people, man, you know, people. <laughs> right on, man. Yeah. Well, well, Robin, the, the, the interesting thing with moving it back to Black Swan is that for so many bands or projects, you get one record and you right. do it and then you get a chance to go out and tour it a little bit and see what happens. And then if, if it has success, then obviously it gets picked up and you do a second one. Right. Certainly the pandemic killed that for you guys. You know, I mean, you, you, you put out Shake the World and then boom, you shook the world right into lockdown. You yeah. know, it yeah. just. And my, my little sister, not cutting across your bow, she had a long conversation. She lives in the UK and she goes, that's just great. 
they released a, a record called Shake the World. I'm starting to think that, you know, there was some kind of a prophecy here. Yeah. And then she goes, then she goes, we have a pandemic and you release another single called Big Disaster. <laughs> 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 and I just said to her, I said, please stop paying so much attention. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> no, it, it is interesting that that's how it went. But, but, yeah. but I, I mean, Robin, talk, talk about the second release. I mean, I feel personally, I like Shake the World. I love Generation Mind. I think there's a different, I think there's a, in certainly a growth. How did you convince Frontiers that there was more to come, that that Shake the World wasn't, you know, the pinnacle and that <clears throat> you deserved called, a second record? Oh, and that's easy. Oh, my God, this is really easy. So I'll use a visual. It's called a contract. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, and it's easy. like uh, um, you know, contracts are just worth the piece of paper they're written on. You know, sure. you tear it up or you go, you you abide by it, and you go, oh. And we had enough. We had a very healthy, um, positive response to shake the world. We had enough views on our YouTube channels, uh, um, and. We we did a, a huge amount of, of interviews. We got great press, thank God, and thank you all for that. Um, enough that the record company would go, we, we need to do another record. Sure. We need to do another one. And here we are. And um, um, I think it's a great record. Uh, we had a great lot of fun doing this one. Of course we went, can we can we make a better record than Shake the World? And you... you Chat about it for about one sentence, and then you just go forget. We even said that just, just, just let's get on with it. And that's kind of how we did, you know. Reb and Jeff extremely busy. Then I get an email from Jeff, and he goes, "What well, is about that time again?" <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> true. And um, he said, "I think Reb's coming in in about a week, maybe two weeks, and I will work out my time calendar with Reb. We'll get together." We'll go into the woodshed and start carving up some stuff, and then we'll drop stuff in your inbox and see how it goes. And I got one, and then, bam, there's another seven. And I'm going, holy shit. <laughs> right? And I'm going, how fast you guys think I can move here? And just right. in, in your own time, because we have a we're, we're, we have a limited time. We would talk all the time sure. in the studio. And um, then they took off to do their respective stuff. And um, I was left holding the baby, <laughs> um, which was great because now I can dig in and see what I'm going to do and listen to the stuff. And I, I remember when it came at me, I was scared. And I went, ah, what am I going to do? Because, because I went, I just did shake the world. And in the meantime, I just did my solo record. And, and I'm going, you know, I don't have an endless supply of ideas and lyrics and I don't just open a book and, Voila, there it is. Sure. And the beauty, the beauty of listening to the music that I get from rap mm -hmm. is there is always, and has been now for two records, there's always something in what he plays inspires the lyric or the direction of the lyric. Same as Eagles Fly. Um, mm -hmm. There was just that little sound that came at me, and I went, that reminds me of something I heard from Jeff Lynne's War of the Worlds. Right. Right? And then I dig out that record that I've had for a thousand years, and I'm going, oh, my God. It's not the same, but there was something 
And so I started writing my lyrics about H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds and videos of an abandoned house and sure. all of that sort of stuff. And so little stuff like that. And I can say the same for most of the rest of the songs on the record, like Crown and and uh, Wicked the Day. And it's just like about King Arthur. People go, it is? I don't hear that. Well, if you read the story about, you know, his Arthur's bastard son, Mordred, then you'd right. understand that it was the battle that ensued. And, you know, um, Mordred got fatally wounded, as did King Arthur. And, and sure. so structure an idea that means something to you. And then you try to put that down in a lyrical format that's going to make some semblance of, of sort of sense. And then sure. I to Jeff and he goes, I tell Jeff, I went, this was about King Arthur. He goes, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I tell him the next one, you know, Crown is about, you know, Zeus and the, demi the demigods. And he goes, <laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, then he gets, and then he gets into it and he goes, I did not know that. I didn't. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, and, and so I love that because I love to read. And so sure. I'll take an idea. And then I'll, I'll get in and I'll do a short story and, and I'll do a, a preview, but it has to have the pertinent details attached to it. Um, so I'm not really talking through my butt, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I do a lot of the time. <laughs> um, but it seems to work. Yeah. Well, I love that thing because it doesn't always have to be with the very exception of the opening track on the record, which is she hides behind because Reb sent this riff and he goes, oh dude, this is killer. Right. <laughs> he's getting so excited. And he's 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 singing uh, a sort of a melody that going with it. And I'm going, sounds like Brian Johnson. He goes, yeah, dude, because you can do that, right? <laughs> nice. And, uh, and then it gets a little out of hand and a little funny. And then I come back with this lyric that's literally about a hooker truck driver. Nice. And he goes, he goes, dude, wait, wait, a fast communicator with an open carburetor. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets out of hand and I'm going, oh, no, dude, that was a joke. We can't use that. And he goes, oh, dude, no, dude, this is really fun. Then Matt gets on the floor. Matt goes, a fast communicator with an open carburetor. Where did you get that? <laughs> and so, and so, it, it, you know, initially, uh, Long Way Down was supposed to be the opener. Mm -hmm. on, on the record and it was it was elbowed out of the number one slot by she hides behind because we didn't know where else to put it right <laughs> nice um and then jeff jeff uh jeff does a great job um putting the running order together he just he likes to get that you know sure uh, and uh it's a great running order and and uh and he he wrote that whole piece at the top end uh um, before the light is just mm -hmm. a gorgeous piece, and it sets the whole the whole story up because I'm all about stories. I love that sort of beginning and middle and an end. It's just you open the page and and off you go. And, sure. and, and you know it says at the end. <clears throat> I'm not sure if it says anything about a sequel, but maybe there is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Definitely. Well, so, well, Robin with with Jeff. I, I mean, he he certainly has big vision and I, and i and i say that not just from black swan but from multiple records that he's done the guy truly has a vision for oh. musicality and putting yeah. musicality together i'm curious though does that kind of force the hand sometimes with the band because you know he's doing the production he's writing music he's 
a lot of this comes from Jeff where I could see him pushing back a little harder than maybe you guys do on ideas because he comes in with more of a full vision. Yeah. And then you guys are trying to fit him a little bit is what it sounds like. Um, I'm not sure if there's any, anybody trying to fit. What there is is uh, I think we have total trust in what he does. Okay. And that's 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 really important to begin with. I mean, when I came, I came over a bunch of a bunch of songs of the record because you know I sit with the music and I sit with it a long time, mm-hmm. and, and and I don't want to overwork it. I want it to be as spontaneous as I can. But anyway, point in case, I'll come back to Jeff with with my lyrical ideas and my melodies. And one thing that we're all on the same on the same page is melody. It's got to have that melody, and it doesn't matter how heavy or not that it is. It, that chorus has to lift. It has to. It just has to. Just has to take you. And sure. I love. I love my pre-choruses to be almost as strong as, as the chorus itself. Sure. And I'm going here. It is, and now there's more to come because I just like to write that way. That's just habitually. I, I just do that. And so, for an example, I come to Jeff and I have this great verse and I have this killer chorus for Generation Mind, and we're going. This is this is great. It was great, and I come home, and I'm listening to it again, and I'm listening to it, and I'm going, this is great, this is great, this is great. I can come back to Jeff the next day to do another track, and he goes, so I was thinking. <laughs> to your point, to your point, and you're going, it's a great chorus, but but there's something else that's missing something, it's missing something. And then he, out of the wild blue yonder, he goes, I, I was just, I had this thing in my mind, generation mind. And I went, that's a great title. That's a great, yeah, sure. that's a great title. And then we look at the chorus and uh, look at that guy. And then we look <laughs> at the chorus and then we restructured it and rebuilt the chorus uh, that became Generation Mind. And and that's, if, if that's Jeff um, pushing his ideas forward, then that's just awesome. Sure. You know, it, it's, it's just awesome. Um, and by by comparison, I'd been in the in the room with him another day, and I think it was uh, let me think. I think it was um, if I see you cry, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had worked it, and we thought we were we were pretty solid on it. And <clears throat> the session was over, and I'm on my way home, and I'm I'm, I'm pounding on my steering wheel, and I'm going, Aah. and I had my phone out, and I just hit record on the phone and I started singing a completely different chorus and I get home and I get straight on to Jeff and I said, how about this instead? And he goes, oh, dude, I love you, man. This is much better. So right. constantly, we constantly got the shovel and the pick and we're constantly digging and going, it's great. Can it be better? Sure. And, and maybe we get to the point where we, as I said earlier, we don't want to overwork it because then you're just you're just digging a big hole for yourself. You're going, it's great, leave well enough alone. But if it can be made better, <clears throat> we will really work on the music until we can get the best out of it. And that's what we do with every single song on there. Some we don't even touch at all. Some we don't touch at all because we're going, oh, this is good. And you just feel it. Others you go, we can do better. And that's part of the writing process. Sometimes 
you get it finished in a day. Sometimes you don't get it finished. In a day. Right. Um, and it, it doesn't always fly out the door. Oh, that was easy. I wrote that in 15 minutes. No, you didn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? and, well, and that's okay. That's okay. Sure. So he, we totally trust him. We totally trust his ideas because when it comes around full circle, I'm so glad I worked on that, that extra bit because, because he has a great easy way of going. You can do, I know, I know there's something else in there. Dig, you can do it. Mm -hmm. You can sure. do it. And he loves to, um, he loves to take what I have and run with it and, 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 and listen to it. And then he go, just change that one thing there. That'll be, that'll be better. And it, nine times out of 10, it's just, it's just better. Sure. Is it is it more comfortable or easier working working with Jeff M and with Black Swan than say Shanker? And I'm not smashing on Shanker. I love Michael, mm. but but just just for the fact that Black Swan is not focused on one guy. Shanker is always the music, you know, the fandom is focused on one guy, where this gives you gives you a lot more freedom to it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to match Robin McCauley. It doesn't have to match Reb Beach. It can it can be wide open because there's no expectation to it. That's exactly right. Um Michael Michael spends a lot of time, a lot of quality time in his writing. And invariably when that structure is created, that's what it is. This right. is it. This is it and you write to it if you can and if you can't. Um, with Black Swan, uh, we 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 can pull and push, and and we dig into the song and and funny, excellent question question because when I first teamed up with Michael, um, all our early writing for Perfect Timing, for example, mm -hmm. um, we wrote a ton of songs and then we brought them all to Rudolph because we were demoing in mm -hmm. Rudolph's house. Um, and Rudolph would do the same thing. Rudolph would go, ah, this is very good. Uh, now I think here we can make it a little bit better. Okay. And, and he, would, he would always do that. He would go, ah, so take it away, think about this, and then come back with something else. And I remember um, I used to set a goal for myself with every every riff that Michael would bring to me, I used to challenge myself to see if I could write three different sets of lyrics and three completely different sets of melodies. Oh, wow. <laughs> the same piece of music. And it drove me crazy, but it is possible because um, if Michael gave a piece of music to Gary Bardens or Graham Bonnet, for example, mm -hmm. they will write what they hear and what they feel. And there's a high, high probability that it's not going to sound anything like what I will bring back. So you'll sure. have so you'll have three different songs right there on the on the spot from three different individuals who approach their writing in different different ways. Mm -hmm. yep. and, and, and and so it makes it it makes it interesting when there's only one guy and you have to you have to think of all different ways. Um, it creates a different scenario, but in the Black Swan case, you have Jeff and you have and you have uh, Reb, and you know, so, somebody said to me yesterday that they realized that Reb played that riff to 
17 when he was only 15. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, think about that, right? Yeah. I mean, I know I can tell you, I can tell you that Michael Schenker was playing UFO riffs at the age of 14. Jeez. <laughs> so you take those classic UFO songs that are still classic today, and he was only 14 when he wrote a lot of those riffs. That's and they still stand the test of time. So mm -hmm. um it's amazing. I mean, it's it's it it's it's absolutely amazing. Um, will somebody be listening to Black Swan in twenty years from now? I hope so. You know, sure. It, it, uh, um, are we trying to make a statement? I know. I, I think we're just trying to make good music. Good sure. music that sounds good to us. Um, it has to sound good to you initially, you know, because you're mm -hmm. producing the stuff. And then you, the best we can hope for is that somebody or some bodies will will think like we do and go, "This is really good. This is sure. good." You know. Absolutely. And um, and that's the best. I think that's that's the best that you, you can do. I did my best, and that's the best that I can do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I, uh, Robin. I, I I do have one Shanker question that I did yeah. not even plan to ask, but it just mm. came up thinking about it while we're talking. You're the only one that's ever been able to slap your name on it. You know, everybody uh, else has been Michael Shanker Group MSG. Yeah, and I, I, yeah I, I can cut across you right now. I didn't go ahead. I didn't slap my name on that. Michael slapped my name. Oh, did he? Okay. And, and as as on my kids' lives, right? When I auditioned with Michael, I was the last, and I. It's easy for me to tell this because I've told it a trillion times. Okay. I was the last of seventeen singers, and I was picked. I was picked by Rudolf Schenker, Klaus Meiner, the management company, who were consisted of Rock Sound Management, who were the Scorpion Sound Company. Okay. In addition to their management company and David Krebs, who used to, uh, Lieber Krebs, who used to manage Aerosmith and Ted Nugent. Okay. Right. So I had some pretty yeah. heavyweight people in the background, right? And mm -hmm. I'm just Joe Blow out of Ireland, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, wet behind the ears. I had refused to join Schenker four years prior to that, and here I am back in the studio. I am sitting pretty when I was back auditioning. I was sitting pretty with a top 10 hit in the UK charts right. that sold 2 million singles with a remake of Stairway to Heaven. Right. So as an arrogant little son of a bitch, I really didn't give a shit whether I was in MSD or not, right? right. Um, because I didn't need to. Um, mm -hmm. But I loved Michael's playing because in my band Grand Prix, we were on the same record label with Chris's sure. records. So we were all very familiar with each other. Michael came to see a Grand Prix show. I got offered the gig. I was going out on tour. It wasn't a refusal. I couldn't. I had a commitment. Right. I was contractually committed to tour with the band. And I could have been a real ass and just dumped on the band and go, sorry, dudes, you <laughs> right. have to cancel the whole tour. I'm going to go to the studio and rehearse with Michael Schenker. Right. I didn't. I, didn't. I stuck to my guns and stuck to my commitment. And four years later, I got chosen to be Michael's new singer. Michael Schenker called me and he said, I know how much you told me you love the MSG logo. Mm -hmm. And I said, it's a great logo. I've always loved it. All the time I've known you through the record label, it's just sure. a great, it's a great configuration of those letters for your name. It works right. perfect. Nobody calls it really Michael Schenker Group. It's MSG. That's just it. Sure. Established. It's, it's, it's solid. And he goes, I need a partner. 
and I don't want it to go forward as Mike and Schenker Group or MSG. But since you like the logo, I think we can keep the logo. But didn't you realize that your last name begins with the letter M? <laughs> okay. And he said, it makes perfect sense to me. And I've discussed it with management that we change the name to Macaulay Schenker Group. And I said, why would you change something that's so well established? And sure. I said, the name is not, not, hear me, important to me. It's just not important. You stick with what works. You stick with what's established. People will instantly know who it is, no matter what. And he goes, no, you get to keep the MSG logo. I get to change the name, and I'll be happy with it. And I remember telling him that this would cause nothing but trouble. And, right. And it absolutely did. You would have to look in a Scorpions bin, a UFO bin, a Michael Schenker group bin, Macaulay Schenker group bin. There was even a MSG bin because people couldn't put two and two together. Right. To find a damn record. You would have Capitol Records here in the States when we first came over to finish recording and touring. They went to enormous lengths to create all of these boards going into Tower Records. Pointing the arrows to incredibly <laughs> where the bin, I swear to God, I have photos somewhere to where the, bin, sure. the bins the bins are, cardboard cutouts, so that they would know who was who. And I went, it really was a classic case of I told you so. Right. Um, it didn't do me any harm. It, in the big picture, it didn't do him any harm. Um, it, we charted for the first time in Michael's you know, illustrious career. Sure. Um, he didn't have daytime rock radio in the U.S. And he did when I joined. And and um, I think years later, I, I think he's still not 100% behind that era of, of writing. But, you know, it's an old story of if you didn't have the song, you didn't get MTV, you didn't get VH1, and you didn't get the tours. Um, yeah. Was that anything to do with the name? Nothing. It was to do, but it was to do with the music. Sure, the music. But the name did cause a lot of confusion, right. and um, people would always say, "I can't believe Michael allowed you to take his name. He didn't allow me anything. He put it there. I didn't. Right. Put it, there. <laughs> it was his name to do. And of course, of course, when Macaulay Schenker was over, he had the legal capabilities of going back to. Playing MSG, Michael Schenker Group, right. which is why Michael Schenker Fest is a different phase right. of MSG. It's not Michael Schenker Group, it's Michael Schenker Fest. Now mm -hmm. he's back down to Michael Schenker Fest, uh, Michael group. Schenker Group. Right. So, so in, though, in that respect, it works perfectly because he also did a Schenker Barden record years later, right. you know, and, and so I guess he thought, huh. I can actually move around with that, never change the name, and still come back to MSG whenever I want. Right, certainly. Well, that wow. was a long answer, but there you That's have okay. it. That's okay. That's okay. Look, all I'll say is that if he's not sold on that era, he's crazy because <laughs> it, 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 the, just the song Anytime Alone, that's one of the top 10 ballads of that whole era. Yeah. Bar none. I don't care what anybody says. That's, <laughs> I'll put that next to any any other ballad that was released in that 10 year period anytime stands up next to it's it's just a phenomenal song so thank you thank you thank you thank you, you know you. thank you what 
Well, Michael, sw swinging it back one last time to Black Swan. Um, obviously, everybody has main projects. Does that mean that you cannot tour? Is there any chance that we'll get even some one-off gigs or a week here or there in between schedules? Or what does that look yeah, like? Um, Jeff posted something a couple of weeks ago, and he goes, everybody asks us the question. The answer is, is, is fairly straightforward. We have really busy schedules. First, right. first opportunity we get where it's absolutely possible, we will present ourselves live. And, okay. and of course, you know it as well as I do. You can't just go, hey, I'm going to do a tour. And, and right. it, it takes planning. In, in the planning phase is a lot of rehearsal. Um, mm -hmm. So we're thinking ideally, you know, if the gods were with us, um, Festivals would be the perfect launching pad because I, I sure. always repeat myself. A lot of people in the same place at the same time. Sure. It would be perfect. Monsters of Rock or one of those big festivals or a number of festivals so that, you know, a couple of weeks rehearsal wouldn't go down the tube just for one show, you know. And maybe um, promoter or promoters, um, if they saw the band live, would go, huh, you guys need to tour. I mean, when we released shake the world we had um a big german promoter come straight out the gate and he goes i have to have you guys play has okay. to happen please tell me it can happen we're ready to go just tell me what you need and we couldn't because pandemic kicked in so right there was nothing and then we just had to put it on the back burner and go we have to revisit this and now it's revisit time and of course Pandemic restrictions lifted. Everybody is running out the door to do as much catch up as sure. they possibly can. But um, it would be awesome. Oh my God. I think it would be awesome. Especially yeah. with that great artwork that we have hanging at the back of the stage. <laughs> right. I think it's this. Is that the best? That That is fantastic. It's does, very it cool. like, does it look like anybody else's album cover? No. I, no, it does not. <laughs> It's pretty awesome. I, I absolutely love that cover. I think absolutely, great. man. Yeah. Well, I love the cover, but I love the album as well, or the release, because I guess we don't do albums anymore. But um, I know. <laughs> but drop date, man. The drop yeah. date. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, this release is known as Generation Mind. It is brand new stuff from Black Swan. It is out um, April the eighth, and I suggest everybody goes and gets it. And uh, Robin, where should we tell people to go to keep up with you and Black Swan and all that stuff? Awesome. I do have Robin McCauley official Facebook page. You can learn everything. You can see everything that I'm doing, including Black Swan and all other projects. Um, for Black Swan, you can go to Frontiers Music, SRL, or Frontiers Records, SRL. You will find a link that will take you to the Black Swan site. You will see the order list for CD, a beautiful crystal finish vinyl. And Great. a limited edition of cassettes. Oh, wow. Nice. nice. A limited edition of cassettes and um, T-shirts. A cool. limited edition also. So April 8th, drop date. A new single will come with the album drop date. And um, a personal thank you from me for just great support, great interest. And uh, listening to the music, turn it up, play it loud and then stop and repeat. <laughs> <laughs>
Exactly. Well, one more time. The, the name of the album is is Generation Mind. It is Black Swan. And Robin, um, once again, as always, been it's been a pleasure having you here on Chris Aker Presents. Chris, thanks. I'm glad it all worked out good this time. Absolutely. Absolutely.